make our confession. If you have your Bible, let's say it. The Word of God is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell that person next to you, it's just that simple. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. We're going to be reading there today, starting out. We had a great first service, and I know God has really been ministering to me in this area of my life, and I'm going to share with you what He's been showing me for the body of Christ in regard to, in regard to pursuing God's will, and that that is our most important assignment on earth. And we're going to talk about that today. Thank God for all of the visitors that are here. I wasn't in here when we recognized you, but how many of you are first-time visitors at Victory Christian Center? Can we see your hands? One, two, three. They're going up real slow, so we'll wait a minute. Any other visitors here? Okay. Let's give them a warm welcome. We're glad you're with us. Stay right here if you don't have a church, and if you have a church, stay there, but uh, we're glad that you're with us today, so praise God. My darling wife is uh, uh, up at, what were you, 4 o'clock this morning? Is that when you were up? I got up at midnight. Yeah, midnight. Yeah, her mom called, and her mom had a little opportunity, but she's okay, and Pam had to take her to, the, I don't know what time you woke me up, but she said, I'm, I'm leaving, and I said, oh, do you want me to go? And I just hoping I'm praying. She said, no, I... <laughs> And, and she said, no, I want you to stay in bed. And I said, thank you, Jesus. So, <laughs> anyway, your mom is doing good. So, Okay, how many of you like to laugh? Can I see your hands? What is your first name? Wes? Will. Okay. Ah, glory to God. We have a Wes that I call Will and a Will that I call Wes. So I'm sorry. We got two of you. I had a great time with you at the men's advance. He is a really awesome guy. He's a lot of humor. Okay. So how many of you like to laugh? My, my, uh, my dad would say about my mom sometimes, said, Lou, you're getting all worked up over nothing. And uh, my, my mom, I love my mom. She's in heaven. But she would sometimes uh, think the darndest things like, Oh, isn't it beautiful out? Well, it could rain. You know, uh, let's go on a roller coaster. Well, it could come off the track. She would always seem to think of the wrong thing. And then the more she'd do it, she'd get worked up about it. So that leads us into a couple of stories that I got here, little short jokes that uh, Wanda gave me. And uh, Wanda, we're pretty good in first service, so we'll see about the second service. But this sets the premise for getting all worked up. How, how many of you know, know that expression, all worked up? How many of you know somebody that gets all worked up over nothing sometimes? How many of you, that's the hand raised? <laughs> well, okay, here it goes. So a man's car uh, got a flat tire out on a gravel road. He had a spare, but he didn't have a jack. So he started uh, walking to an old farmhouse that he saw in the distance. And as he walked, he thought, well, uh, what if I walk all of this way and he's not home? Well, what if he doesn't have a jack? Well, what if he doesn't trust me? Well, what if he doesn't want me to borrow What a jerk. So he gets to the house, knocks on the door, a nice farmer answers the door, and the man yells, keep your stupid jack, I didn't want it anyway, and walks away. <laughs> I know people like that. I know people like that. Okay, here's the second one. The man's plane crashes on a deserted island. He spends 10 years alone. And finally, a naval ship pulls up and rescues the man. 
but the captain of the ship is curious about the man's last 10 years and the three huts that the man had obviously built on the island. So he asked the man, and the man explained, well, the first one is uh, where I live, and the third one is where I go to the church. And the captain said, well, what is the second one? And he said, well, that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, glory to God. We're glad that you're here today. The message today is pursuing God's will for your life. In the world today, if you, study, if you, if you look in the world and even read about the end times, things are getting very troubled in the world. But God has a specific plan for this world. He has a specific plan for the end times. It's going to come to pass exactly as God said. And we are moving closer and closer. And it's extremely important that you and I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and hear the plan and the will that God has for our life. Now, we have, are living in a society, and in Matthew 26, we're going to be reading about garden, uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and how He cried out, that, Lord, if there's any other way, let it happen. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And we live in a society, in a world today, that has evolved into not all things as good as they should have. Our educational system, uh, I think, especially at the college level, is a very dangerous place to send people. You better know where you're sending your child to college, and you better be prepared to deprogram them when they come home with some of their classes and some of the professors that they're going to have. Thank God we've got a spirit-filled professor in this church at Purdue University, but you don't find a whole lot of them around there. And the most important thing that you can teach your children, bar none, is how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that they can walk through life and accomplish God's plan and God's purpose for their life. And uh, as I shared in that first service, I said, you know, you, you fathers and mothers, you, you need to ask your children, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? And if they can't tell you, you need to work with them and you need to train them. They hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's not age generated. Everybody hears the voice of the Holy Spirit if they will tune into it. And that's how we find out what the will is for our life. The will is not how much money I can make or what kind of status I can have. The, 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 your call, you are here by divine appointment. You are here on a divine assignment. Uh, I, 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 I love the Blues Brothers. Any of you like the Blues Brothers uh, movie? I, I watch that every once in a while. Pam goes in the other room every time I put it on, but I just love it. <laughs> I'm on a mission from God. And, uh, and, and we are here on a mission. Now, if you can grasp just this part of, of the message, it will change your life. You are not here by accident. You are here by a divine appointment by God with a, an assignment from God. David, you and Perpetua have an assignment from God. And if you've written it down and if you've received it, then you're ready to pursue it. Uh, every single one of you have an assignment from God. And if you're not careful, you can live your life the way I live mine. I lived 38 years of my life. I was going to make a lot of money. didn't even know God. I was going to make a lot of money. didn't know Jesus. And I was going to do this. And I was going to do that. And all these plans and purposes that I had. Well, when I got saved, I realized then that there was more to life. So I was going to help God with what he needed help with because I was a businessman and I knew how to do a lot of things. Well, number one, I didn't know how to do a lot of things. Number two, God wasn't interested in working for me. However, 
I tried to get him to work for me of saying, here I am, I'm your man, I'm going to help you. Nothing ever worked out in my life because I wasn't seeking God's will. Now, you as an individual, sometimes it's real easy to look at other ministers and other ministries and people and think, oh, yeah, I'm going to support them and all. And that's good. You should. But you have a reason that you're on this earth. There is a divine appointment and a divine destiny for your life. Only when you find out what it is will you be fulfilled and be able to run the race and accomplish what God has for you. And in the beginning, I didn't understand how this worked. But then the more and the longer I serve God, the more I realized that is exactly what God wants for every person that knows Him and has received Jesus. Our spirit man is, is born again. If you're here today and the spirit man in you, you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then your spirit man that was dead is now alive. So you have a communication system that you can hear from the Holy Spirit exactly what He's saying. Manny, is that you over there? Glory to God. Hi, Manny. Good to see you. <laughs> Manny came to the men's retreat, and I opened the men's retreat by saying, I see Manny more at a men's retreat than I do in church. <laughs> but now he's in church. I love Manny Rodriguez. Manny, what are you called to do? What do you say? Not sure yet. Okay. I'm going to come back to you in just a minute. <laughs> Isaiah, what do you call? Oh, no, Isaiah. Israel. I got to mix. <laughs> I have the mind of Christ. What do you call to do, Israel? Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. See, what happens a lot of times is we hear, you, you hear from the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, I hear. Turn your lips, say, I hear. Now, you may by him say, I don't know what I hear. Yeah, you know what you hear. You know what you think. And God is telling you what he wants you to think. And God is showing you. And as soon as he shows us, many times, myself included, uh, 38 years not accomplishing anything for the Lord, and then came into the body of Christ and still wasn't accomplishing anything for the Lord, because I would hear things and I would dismiss them. Can I see the hands of all the people that have heard things from God and you dismiss it? Now, almost always, the reason we dismiss it is because we can't believe that would be me. And what happens then is that plan and that purpose for God that He has for us, instead of following it, we determine our own direction. Children shouldn't go to school to be educated. Ch children should know what the Holy Spirit is showing them to do and then go to school to be educated to accomplish that. Does that make sense? And when you go to college, you don't go to college to get the best job. You go to college because you're going to get educated in the thing that God's called you to pursue. And then that flows and you've got the Holy Spirit always going ahead and preparing the way. Deuteronomy 28 says that all of the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you if you are diligent to pursue and be obedient to what God has called you to do. And there is a call of God on everybody's life. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're called. We're not talking about the fivefold ministry. You are called of God by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a certain plan and a certain purpose on this earth. And until you answer that call, you'll not be able to be everything that God has called you to be. And so, therefore, that's what we're talking about today. And that message is pursuing God's will. Now, we need to settle this issue once and for all. And if you settle this issue, you'll be ready for what God has for you. So I want us all to make this statement. I hear, I hear from, God. from God. 
Now, whether you call it the voice of God or whether you call it the leading of the Holy Spirit, you hear. You know what you think. And in your life, it comes to you the same way it comes to me. It's a deep inner thought. I don't know what the voice of the Lord sounds like. I know what my wife's voice sounds like. When she talks, I know that's Pam. But I don't know what God sounds like for his voice, and probably you don't either. But I know what this feels like when I hear these internal thoughts that then start to filter into my mind. Can you all follow me so far? That was awfully weak. Can you all follow me so far? Okay. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. Now, that voice is an internal thought type thing. How you hear it, maybe you hear an audible voice. I don't know. But I feel these thoughts in here of things that are so out there, and I believe you do too. And then it says also, in uh, Romans 12, 1, 2, and 3, that you and I are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service, and that we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we will know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, I want you all to say this. God has, God has a, perfect will a perfect will for my life. Tell your neighbor, God's got a perfect will for my life. Now, in all probability, you are hearing part of that already. And that's being manifest to you by the Holy Spirit. I think about Pastor Billy Joe Doherty when he was uh, on an athletic scholarship to a university in uh, um, Arkansas. And he's walking across the football field. He was a football quarterback, high school uh, football star. And he's going on to college. I don't know whether he thought about playing pro ball or not. But football was his life. Basketball he loved, but football was his life. And one day he was walking across the field. And he just had this thing flash before his eyes. And it was, a, it was uh, if you want to pursue this, you can. But I have so much more for you. And that everything that you've accomplished in your life at the end will just be hay, wood, and stubble. It'll be burned up. Only what you do for me will last and transfer into the kingdom. He didn't know exactly what it meant. How many of you have some things you have heard that you don't know exactly what it means, but you know what you've heard? That's probably God assigning to you what he wants you to do. And I remember when God began to speak to me when I'd first gotten saved. And uh, uh, I, we, we were attending, I got saved in Pastor Charles Hackett's office. Joe Livesey led me to the Lord. And we started attending church there. And then shortly after that, met Pam and, and we got married. And I was still at the first assembly. And she, I didn't even know the Word of God. And they had a youth pastor who left. And she said, why don't you go apply for that job as a youth pastor? You'd be a good youth pastor. And I said, I, I've been divorced. I don't even know the Word of God. And besides that, I don't even know if I like kids. <laughs> But you want, is that right? You want me to go apply for that job. But, but back then, I was feeling what God was putting in my spirit. But now, I love the Assembly of God. I love First Assembly of God and Charles Hackett and all that's been accomplished out there. But they have a policy that if you've ever been divorced, you can't be used in ministry. I already felt like a secondhand citizen, so I knew I couldn't do that. Yet what I was hearing was contradicting what I was seeing. Does that make sense to any of you? Because it'll happen to you, not in that line. But, okay, I know what I'm hearing, 
But I can't do that. God, have you made a mistake? That surely can't be God. So I didn't do that. But then when we started to answer the call of God, and, and, and I felt like the Lord said in my spirit, go to Tulsa, you'll find the meaning of your life. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is some of you are facing things right now that you're hearing that you're going to have to make a decision. All you have to do is take one step at a time in moving toward what God's showing you. He'll do all the rest. He'll open the doors. He'll take care of everything. And I remember going to Pam and saying, Pam, this is what I heard. And I was hoping she would contradict me. I was hoping she would say, wait. She said, let's go if you think it's God. She's done that the rest of our life together. That's why before I come to her, I make sure I know what I'm talking about. Because She says, if it's God, let's go. And so we went out there, but that was all I knew. But then everything else began to open up. Everything will open for you the minute you make a decision to come out of your comfort zone. And for most of us, myself included back in that era of time, it was how much money I could make and whether or not I would have to fail. I didn't want to not have money and I didn't want to fail. But everything we do for the Lord, we are subject to failure, but He is not. Does that make sense? Turn to you and say, God will never fail you. Now, here's what we have to settle as we begin to pursue the things of God. Because when I think about men that have really impacted my life, I love to read biology, uh, stories of, of, of people. Uh, uh, bio Did I say biology? <laughs> I hated biology. I hated biology. Joyce, are you here? I, I had biology in your apartment. Bio, she's in the old Jefferson High School biology department. I had Bud and Idy, and I cheated and got through. And I got, a, <laughs> I, I got B's all the way through, and I don't even know anything about biology. But back, I'm sorry. The visitors, forgive me, but uh, not, I don't know where that came from. But anyway... Uh, but, but like Oral Roberts, who built the university out there, and, and, and God called him as a person off of his bed with tuberculosis, a person who stuttered, changed and impacted the entire world, and still is because he just did what God told him to do. Went out there to build the university on that hill, thought God told him to build a university, and, and I can... I can I can't compare myself to Oral Roberts, but I can relate to what he said when God told him to build, a, build me a university. He said, I don't know how. And God said, I do. And he says, okay. And he went to the people that owned the land and said, we want to occupy this land and build a university that's going to impact the world. And the people said, we're not going to sell the land and we're never going to sell the land. Long story short, Oral Roberts University is still impacting the world and will for many, many years to come. University got in trouble, sent the Green family, Mark Green's family, Hobby Lobby family, Mardell, uh, powerful Christian family. The, a lot of people don't know this, but Hobby, the family that owns Hobby Lobby, they are impacting the world with millions and millions of dollars. They're investing over there in Israel and the museum that they're building over there and other places around the world. I, I encourage you, visit Hobby Lobby. They are absolutely on fire for the things of God, that entire family. The book that is written on their life story about how God led them to be a businessman who would exalt Jesus in everything that we do. The story of Chick-fil-A and how a Truett Cathy started that company. He's with the Lord right now, but how he started that company and he felt like God showed him what to do and how to do it, and he did it. And people said, you can't do it if you're not open on Sunday. And he said, I can do it because God told me to give that day to him. The only thing that I don't like about Chick-fil-A is that they are closed on Sunday. Because right after church, you drive by and you see they're closed. But thank God they are. Thank God they are. They're honoring the Lord. But what happens then is if we just do what God tells us to do and take that first step, what happens to many people, you 
and me, we're all alike in this, I believe. If we're not, you can just raise your hand. I believe all of us suffer from the same thing. And that is the fear of finances and the fear of failure. Nobody likes either one of them. The fear of finances is taken care of scripturally, and the fear of failure is taken care of scripturally. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And by the way, speaking of I can do all things, at the men's advance, all of you men that were here, you, you know what I'm talking about. But how many of you have an iPhone? That's not very many. How many of you have an iPhone? Okay, our technology phone, something like that. Okay, how many of you have an iPad? Okay, well, most of you don't know this, but the newest I that is out is called the ICAN. And we have collaborated <laughs> with Apple, and we have the ICAN. And this was given to all of the men at Victory at the Men's Advance. We may have them available for all of you later on. I'm thinking about that. This can is absolutely undestructible, non-destructible. I mean, you can do that with your iPhone. But you can do that. Where'd it go? Oh, you can do that with this. You can abuse it. You can misuse it. And it will continue to work. Oh, but it does get dented. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> this is not part of my demonstration, Lord. And you can open it, but not now. <laughs> and drink it. Oh, glory to God. I can't. <laughs> you ever feel like that, honey? Just a little bit distorted. <laughs> okay, so anyway, we have the I can. Let's all say it. I can, I can do, it. do it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I can do anything. You can do anything that God has called you to do. And then in Philippians 4, 19, it says, My God will supply all of, all of your needs according to his riches in glory. That's what it says, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> if you read the commentary on that, it says whatever God says, it's not talking about giving you money, do whatever you want. It says whatever God has called you to do, he will supply the need that you have. So that if you're called into full-time ministry, God will supply all your needs, right? He'll give you the money. How much money did you have to go to Mexico when you went on that mission trip? I mean, I mean, how much money did you need? I needed like $900. $900? And you didn't have any? And you raised how much? Who brought it in? The Lord. the Lord brought it in. And you're called to do what? You're called to preach? Are you? Are you? I introduced him to Terry Henshaw at the Men's <laughs> Advance. I said, tell, tell Terry what you're called to do. And he said, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Is that correct? Is that correct? I said, tell them what you're called to do. It's deep in your heart. I'm called a full-time ministry. I said, now you're saying that because I made you say it like I did, or is that really what's in your heart? He said, that's really in my heart. He and his wife are called. Took a path that probably wasn't the right path. Is that true? Did you know you're going to be an illustrative sermon today? We've all taken a wrong path somewhere along the line. But I love Israel. Israel's called of God. And so is Tiffany. And they're going to fulfill God's mandate on their life. Now, I'm sure they can't figure it out financially yet. How many children do you have? I'm positive they can't figure it out financially. <laughs> but God already has it figured out. And probably all six of your children are called. 
If you two are called, probably all six of your children are called. But God's going to move miraculously for your finances. He's going to show you how to do it. And there's no fear of failure because we're going to follow God. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't miss it sometimes and make a mistake. We followed a man in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Billy Joe Doherty. And by the way, I recommend this book, Led by His Spirit. I read this book once every year, if not more. It's his life story, really, before he went home to be with the Lord. And uh, it talks about how this one time that, that uh, he bought an air bubble because he felt like the Lord showed him to get an air bubble. And we're going to expand the church. It would seat about two, I think it was about two to 5,000, something like that. It was an air dome is what it was. And bought this air dome, and uh, we're putting a 4400 South Sheridan, and the air dome came in and had it all laying on the ground, had to be assembled, and all the stuff that goes along with it. God spoke to him in the middle of the night. The ministry was $3 million in debt. Spoke to him in the middle of the night and said, you've made a mistake. This is not what I've called you to do. And so he came to grips with it with Sharon, stood before the congregation. Never has a man grown in my eyes. Number one, I admired him, still do to this day. I admired him before that night. But on that night, he said, I have missed God. I have repented. I repent before you and the congregation. And now we're going to get back on track with the Lord. And God supernaturally allowed that air dome to be sold to a church that was looking for an air dome in Fresno, California. $3 million in debt could only service the debt load of the interest. And God sent Sam Walton, and some of you heard this story before, sent Sam Walton down the street, looked at it, said that's an ideal place for Sam's. And instead of giving them $3 million, which is what they wanted, they got $3,100,000. Went in one day's time from a $3 million debt to $100,000 in the bank. Hallelujah. Now, he's no, yeah, give the Lord a hand. He's no respecter of persons. He'll do the same thing for each and every one of you. When God spoke to us to go to Tulsa, my debt load was about $30,000. I thought I had it taken care of. I, it's a long story. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, when I got to Tulsa, I found out I still owed all of it, all $30,000. And uh, I had even been to the IRS and got clearance from them and, you know, sound like I'm trying to justify myself. I made a huge mistake. I made a mess out of things. And we got out there and I said, God, you surely cannot use me because of the situation that I'm in. But I watched God over the years take care of every single cent that we owed, paid off every single person that we owed, and walking out of the maybe sooner one day, well, actually, I'm backing up a little bit, a guy bought a car one day and I started to see the supernatural work. I had a hard time with the supernatural and still do. I'm getting better, but I still do. I want to know that everything is okay. How many of you like to know everything is okay? Versus, okay, tomorrow everything will be taken care of. And that's how the supernatural works. It's like, okay, if the Holy Spirit tells you to do this, do it. It's really simple. Turn to your neighbors. It's really simple. If the Holy Spirit tells you what to do, just do it. And, uh, we were doing what we could, and this guy bought this car, and is a brand new Chevy Caprice, and I told Pam, I said, if I was going to buy a car, I would buy that car. I love that car. It was beautiful. We couldn't afford a car. We were still going to Burger King and get $10, 10-cent uh, hamburgers. That, that, that was how we were living. Now, if you're, going to, if you're going to fulfill God's will for your life, there will be times you will suffer a little bit. Turn to your neighbor and say, suffering's not bad for you. What's that little cartoon character? Suffering Succotash. Can't think of. Who is that? 
Sylvester, suffering second. I was always pulling up for Sylvester. I wanted to eat that canary just one time. Never, never got that canary. Isn't, isn't that Sylvester? Is everyone going to eat the canary? Yeah. And, and uh, anyway, anyway, but, but we walked out the Navy Center that one day, and this guy is sitting in his car, and he called me over and he said, Hey, Bill, God spoke to my wife and I. We're supposed to give you this car. God told me to take it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say that, but that's exactly what I was like. I can't believe that. I hear that happen to other people. It never happened to us. I mean, it was just absolutely amazing what happens when you live in the realm of the supernatural. So what happens, what, what I gave the first service, I said, I got a homework assignment for you. Now, I've got a homework assignment for all of you too. You don't have to do it, obviously, but I tell you what, it'll change your life if you do it. I want you, I want you to sometime get away with the Lord just you and him. And, 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 and don't even be concerned if you're hearing from him. And I want you to write down, what would you do with the rest of your life if you knew you couldn't fail and if you knew you had all the money that you needed? What would you do with your life? Deep in your heart, God is already speaking into your spirit the things that he wants you to do. God would never not tell you what he wants you to do and then expect you to follow. Never, never, never. I know years ago God spoke to me about ministry now that I look back on it. I know from visiting with Manny from years ago. Now Manny could have been wrong what he told me, but I don't think he was wrong. Manny told me it was called a full-time ministry. I don't believe that's changed. But that's between God and Manny. That's not up to me. But the things that God wants you to fulfill, he's already spoken to you. And then he'll continue to speak, but he's watching to see if you will receive and do what he's called you to do. So turn to your neighbor, get your uh, NCIS eyes. Yeah, Pam likes NCIS. Get your NCIS eyes and just view them and say, are you doing what God has told you to do? Now, now this is, this is really, this is really, I, th- this sits in my, uh, in my office at home and I love it. Babe Ruth was one of my favorite baseball players of all times. Never let the fear of striking out get in your way. I love this. And, uh, he led the league many years in strikeouts, but he also led the league many years in home runs. In other words, don't be concerned about failing because we'll all miss it from time to time. But the good news is that if your heart is right, just like Billy Joe's heart was right when he bought that air dome, he thought he heard from God. And then God said, you didn't hear from me. And he turned it around, he repented, and God took care of everything and actually propelled this ministry, all or his ministry, all around the world with Victory Christian Center. It's an amazing story. And then this one. Now, Bill O'Brien's not here. So I, I told him in first service, Bill couldn't participate. See who knows who this is. Because Bill O'Brien knows everything. Well, Sue does not necessarily go along with that, but (laughs) (laughs) I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I have failed over and over in my life, and that is why I succeed. Michael Jordan. Arguably the best basketball player who ever lived with the Chicago Bulls. Not everybody agrees with that, but I do. Hallelujah. Now, turn to 1 John chapter 5. Now, the reason I shared those things with you is because, now be honest with me, 
How many of you, if you're not careful, know that you have a fear of failure? None, none of us like to fail. I understand that. <clears throat> but when we can get rid of that fear of failure and realize that God sovereignly will take care of every need that we have. Honey, when we went to Tulsa, we found out God took care of every need. Not the way I thought he would. I never thought being in line for 10 cent hamburgers at Burger King would be abundance, but he was watching our heart and he's watching your heart. Now, this is not a ministry about a a message about being a full-time ministry. God may want you to be a successful businessman. He may want you to be an entrepreneur. He may want you to start your own company. But one thing I know he doesn't want you to do is just sit there and take a paycheck from somebody every single month, every single week, pay your bills, have 2.5 children, have a house, have a green lawn, make sure no weeds are in it, have two cars and go on vacation every year. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but I guarantee you that is not God's ultimate will for your life. And then when you get all finished and say, look at my house, it's outdated and it needs to be remodeled. That's exactly what's going to happen. And you're going to not cut the grass as often as you should and the weeds are going to come back. Weeds always come back, don't they? Pardon? They do. They do. Okay. Now, now, but this is the good news. Everybody say good news. First John chapter 5, verse 14. Everything that you have need of is already in position. And when we read this scripture just a moment ago, I was, I was praying about this message, and, and I just had a picture of when I was in the service. And when I was in the service, it was down in South Carolina, Beaufort, South Carolina, and we were playing basketball at the time. We had a basketball team. We we're going from Beaufort, South Carolina to Paris Island, and, and we'd already had the, the thing all set, and I needed, I had four guys with me or three guys, I don't remember which, doesn't really matter, but I called the motor pool, and I said, I need a Jeep, and I said, oh, come down and get it, and the Jeep will be there in your name, and it showed up and sign your name, and the Jeep is sitting there, and you're getting the Jeep, and you need it, because I had need of the Jeep. When you're in the military, whatever your orders are, Whatever the will of the people that are over you is, you expect, right, Jerry Bordas? You expect the per diem, you expect the equipment, you expect your airfare, you expect whatever you have to be there because they said they want you to do this so automatically you know you have the provision. That's the way God wants it. That we have provision for whatever he's called us to do. And that we are equipped because he equips us. We may not feel qualified, but he will take care of that. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're qualified to do what God said you can do. God would never tell you something that he doesn't think that you can accomplish. So it says in 1 John chapter 5, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything in accordance with his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, then we have the petitions that we have asked of him. What do we have? Whatever we ask in relationship to what his will was. Now, I want to bring this all to a close. There are three types of people basically, regarding this message that we're preaching today. Number one, you know what God's will is for your life. And you're pursuing it, and you are absolutely fulfilled. Praise God. Number two, very similar to what Terry said last week. Number two, you know what God's will is for your life, but you are not pursuing it. Whatever reason... You think you're not ready, whatever, but you're not pursuing what you know is God's will for your life. And number three, type of person that you have no idea 
what God's will is for your life. You're just living every day, day in and day out and day in. Yet, there is a plan for your life. And today, I believe is a day when you can come face to face with determining, God, I'm going to make a decision. Let's stand to our feet. That today is the day when we're not going to continue to live our life, to just be living our life, but we're going to tap into that vast potential of what is the will of God for my life? Why am I occupying space on this earth? What does God want me to do? Because the day will come when you will stand before Almighty God. The judgment seat of Christ. And I believe, this is my own personal opinion, the only thing you need to get into heaven is the blood of the Lamb. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in. However, there are rewards in heaven. And you will be rewarded for what type of life and what you have done, and this is my opinion, with what he told you to do. Did you accomplish God's will for your life on this earth? And life is going quickly. It's never too late to do the right thing, but it is getting late. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question that you will ever, ever be asked. And hopefully you will answer the right question. But today, do you know that if you died this day, you would be alive in heaven? And if you're not sure, then you need to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe you're here and you've never, ever asked Jesus to come into your heart, to take control of your life. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, prodigal daughter. You know that you have walked away from the things of God. And you know it's time to turn and come home. And all over this church, if I described you and you say, Pastor, you, you did describe me. Pray for me. I want you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. We'll wait just a moment. Let the Holy Spirit move here. Holy Spirit, you know every person here. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you've walked away from him, let this be your day. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.